0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon.
1: Could
0: turn back time. Yeah, well, if I, could if I could turn back time, if I could go back in time, I reckon I'd go to Mooney Valley on the night. It was the night of March 1985, and a man that was there, Tom Hogan, Tom mate. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, how are you, and whereabouts are you today?
1: I'm on the Gold, on the sunny Gold Coast. Uh, uh, yeah, till. Um Friday night, and then we're off to the trucks for the semi finals for the, um, uh, not the Vic bread, whatever it's called. Breeders Crown. Breeders' Crown. Breeders' <laughs> Crown. Yeah. Now. Breeders' Crown, yeah. $300,000 race, yep.
0: Don't worry about that. We're going back in time. Now, as I was looking through and doing my research on the Pro Chevalier into Dominion, I noticed the horse. By the name of Thorlo Bell was in the consolation and there was a, a T. Hogan in the ownership. Is that the same T. Hogan that I'm talking to now?
1: Yeah, yes. Um we owned a quarter uh twenty-five percent of a quarter of him and uh, we managed the horse. Sue managed the horse, Thor Lobel, he was a, a good horse. He um <laughs> one year he uh just in the one season, um he won the Kilmore Cup, uh Cranbourne Cup. Ballarat Cup, Bendigo Cup, and second in the Inner Dominion to the great Gamal- Gamalite the year before in '84. Yeah, and
0: and third in the Miracle Mile, throw in for good measure.
1: Third in the Miracle Mile as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Yeah. He went. He was in the series. He drew gate eleven, gate nine, and gate eight in the three rounds of heats. Uh, ran 5th, 4th and 6th. So I don't think we need to go into too much depth as to the excuses. Like, you had no luck with barrier draws. You're you, true to form. You drew 11 in the final as well. So Thorway Bell had no real luck in that series, Tom.
1: <laughs> no, no, he didn't. And he had a, quite a few issues coming into it. And um, he was uh, a little bit behind in his fitness um, and didn't perform all that well. Well, that's that's
0: arguable. Now... More about the night itself, mate. Were you working as a bookmaker, I assume, on the night?
1: Yep, I was. i had only got in there uh, about two weeks before um, the late... uh, Both of them have passed away now, Frank Ryan and uh, Arthur White. Uh, They were board members at the time, and they came to me uh, on a Monday afternoon meeting at Mooney Valley and said, look, would you be interested in... uh, Work in the inner dominion. I said, yeah, yeah, of course. I said, I'm not in yet though. He said, uh, we've got to have a meeting um, this week, and we'll be um, trying to get you in. And they both got me in, thanks to them. Where I wasn't in there at the time as a permanent bookmaker.
0: So where did you just think...
1: opposite the rails? I worked.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. very good. Now tell us a bit about Pro Chevalier. He was a dollar fifty favourite, I think, in the final. Was it? Was he that good? Was he?
1: He was very, very good. He 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 he's, uh, he was the champion. Um, he 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 came from a long way back early. Um, look, there was a bit of drama early doors. Huh? There was a bit of rumour running around that he was crook and this and that, and yeah. it was found out to have um, the the train a mile had a mile colic attack, and um, the trainer feared that he might be uh, withdrawn on, on vet advice, and they had the vets down there for oh. Forty minutes or an hour, anyhow he, he went out on the track and he warmed up, um, never came back in the race was supposed to jump at ten past ten, yeah, and they never got the race uh, started until about ten fifteen and he got past to fit uh, past fit to run, and uh, settled down last early,
0: Yeah.
1: and made a move about fifteen hundred to go and found the front off uh, village kid who surrendered the lead and uh, he went on to win the race. It's a twos on favourite. When all that drama
0: was happening, what what are you doing with his price? Are you just sitting there holding the price and just just waiting to see what happens? Well, or...
1: I can tell you, there was a couple of bookies that uh, would have been happy to see him withdrawn, even though <laughs> uh, he was two's on favourite. Bill Hutchison was betting on the Inner Dominion for about three months, and it was. Taking out a fortune at the time, and um, he was betting pre-post, so no money would come back. And unfortunately, uh, Pro Chevalier ran and won, and Bill had a massive payout. But uh, all the bookies used to bet pre—well, not all of them, but you'd get in those days. There was no corporate bookies, and mm. the best way to get a bet on was go to the tote, come to the track, um, and the bookies were betting pre-post on it for up to three months. And uh, some of those bookmakers who did but work on the Inter-Dominion pre-post was uh, Bill Hutchison, Rob Malloy, Ralph Woods, a bloke called John Solange, myself, and the late Philip Knott. Yeah, he had a massive result there one year, but it didn't uh, bring his fellow to pick up Shaker Maker. flashed home real late, was a bit unlucky, but Shaker Maker got the chocolates, and the difference was of the payout I think Briny fella fill out the payout two thousand if it won and if it won Shaker Maker with 103000 oh. hundred and three thousand. With a hundred thousand difference. Yeah. Which is a bit of money.
0: Yeah, which is a lot of money. So so you literally just you would have gone to Mooney Valley, say, three months before the Inter Dominion and Bill Hutchinson would have a stand up with the current race coming up and then what, he'd have another stand with all the prices of horses. For the inter, so you could get He'd on. He'd have early. a board. He'd yeah. have
1: a whiteboard up there. Oh, a yeah? whiteboard with a. You'd have the whiteboard up there with the prices. And uh, there was a lot of interest because there's nowhere else you could get on. You'd you'd, yeah. you'd have to ring a bookie, you know. And it was illegal to take bets over the phone back then. Um, So they'd come to the track and put the money on.
0: Unbelievable stuff. So... The crowd on the night. you still, Toad? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. We, we have issues with the phone system here. I'll just... Oh, that should have sorted it out a bit better for you. Now, tell us about the crowd on the night. Like, there was 40,000-plus there. It's hard to find an exact figure.
1: Yeah, look, well, the gates, the gates ended up being... Uh, uh, well, I don't know about the gates, but the car parks everywhere. And if you've gone to the Cox Plate or anybody's been to the races before at Mooney Valley, it's a massive car park in there. You couldn't get another car in like it's, you know, for miles all around, everything was closed. You just couldn't get into the joint. Yeah, You had to park way down bloody Puckle Street somewhere or, yeah. or, 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 or down near the restaurants. You just couldn't get in. It was a closed virtually closed joint. They had over forty thousand people there. Uh the, the the grandstands you'd have to get on the Google and have a look to believe it. Mm. Cox plate crowd. Coxplate crowd. So anybody watched the Coxplate last Saturday uh Saturday before, two weeks ago, exactly the same, exactly the same. You could not fit another person in. Taking bets at night, four and five deep. All night, non-stop. Just kept riding tickets after tickets. It was an incredible experience. And I listened to the call this morning. Yeah. Bill Collins was just incredible, how he how called it. It was a sulkies length. He just loved it. it was just unbelievable.
0: He says it about the 400 metre mark. He says um, village kid's on his back. He's got a bit to give or something, but he'll never let him out. And he didn't,
1: did he, Till it was all Correct. over? Correct. Yeah. Bill wasn't afraid to uh you know, make a comment and, and and most of the time he was right. Uh the only one I've ever heard of him, Bill, uh was Kingston Town can't win. <laughs> yeah. And it got yeah. up and won and it cost fake. But he was the accurate one. There's no better it, it, it was just a great caller. Just 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 the tempo of the way he called, everything was just sensational. It, it's a never be forgotten night that night, nineteen eighty five.
0: Yeah, I, I can tell, and oh, I just I just wish I could have been there. It would have only been four, though, Tom. I don't reckon you would have let me get on at age four, would you?
1: No, I don't <laughs> think so, Dave.
0: So on the night, you would have been just about head down and hardly hardly seen a thing. I can't imagine you would have got away from the stand all night. Like, you would have been just flat out.
1: There was on on not sure if Sky was in it possibly might have been but on track you could see the films um, around the track but I don't know if it was off off course that you could see it yeah yeah they probably would have had um, one of the you know didn't have Channel Thirty One but there was other there was other uh, channels that you could get and free to air TV and all that sort of stuff Uh, you know Peter Donigan was one of the was part of the uh, show. Um, but it's, it, it, people would not believe it. You know, look, you'll go to Mel- Melton this year and hopefully get 12 to 15 there. Um, but they had they had <coughs> all the police mounted horses, four or five of them um, there. It was incredible, incredible. And when the horses came out through the tunnel, they came out one at a time, and the course announcer. An was excellent. introducing, say, number one is Bundanoon and number two is still Low Bell. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. But they weren't. And then, like, the way they were introduced onto the track was incredible.
0: Like they were gladiators or something almost.
1: Yeah. Ta- yeah. The, um, and the, the field, you know. The
0: the, the media coverage the around. The was. Yeah.
1: Oh. Unbelievable! Four broadcasters on the night, yeah, um, doing part different. But brought, the late Brian Blackmore called a race. Uh, Brian Martin called a race. Scotch Notch trial there broke the world record one fifty five point six in a trial, a time trial. Um, Brian Markovic called. Peter Donigan was uh, on the ground doing all the interviews. It, it was you know the who's who of racing was there. Tom,
0: I thank you for coming on, mate. Uh, unless you got is there anything else you want to add to the night that that stands out to you?
1: No, not really. But it, it'll be a it'll be a night that'll never be forgotten. Um, I think from memory, or just looking at a, a few notes. Gamalite, that, I think that was his last last win. A uh, last, last race. race,
0: it was. He yep. won
1: the two previous in the dominions eighty three, eighty three, eighty four. Uh, he ran fourth in this one and. Leo O'Connor said, it's time, retired him. That was, uh, that was his last run. Uh, he was a, um, a champion. And look, over the years, I'd like to mention this. Um, is has been the king. He, he's won four. Yeah. Um, I'm the Mighty Quinn three. Our Vansalot three. Hondo Grattan two. Gamelite two. Bowtide two. Only good horses win. Good trainers and good drivers. And it'll be a hell of a, a night on the final at Melton. Just get there. And don't forget, take on Tom.
0: <laughs> I hope they do take you on Tom. And hopefully, mate, it's not you you got a Breenies Fella type result and not a Shaker Maker type result for you.
1: <laughs> okay, mate. Thanks for having us. Good
0: on you, Tom. There is Tom Hogan, a very, very famous man of harness racing and a great character of the sport and uh, love having Tom on and you can just hear the passion still in it for him and their sort of passion gets sparked from times like that night in 1985 where you can't, I just can't imagine 40-odd thousand at the trots if <laughs> you wouldn't get 40,000 in it melted. I don't know what we would do. We would have to open up the centre of the track and you would only you still would struggle to get forty thousand in there. I don't know where that all park. The logistics of it would be enormous. And we'll get into a bit more of that later on in the show. Grant Tillett will join us after twelve o'clock. And also Clinton Welsh will be in that second hour as well. He was there on the night too. Uh I was when I had Tom on now, I realised he was probably that busy fielding that night that he probably didn't wander around the track. He wouldn't have got up to see Pro Chevalier at the stables. And I wonder if Clinton Welsh, as a 24-year-old, went up and just stood to see him and see the drama that was unfolding when there was uh, rumours that the horse was sick and he wouldn't take his place in the night. So it uh, must have been an amazing night and great stories there from Tom Ogan. We thank him for coming on. Let's get to the 11.30 news. We'll come back the other side and we'll catch up with uh, Darren Carroll and, who was on Giddy Up this morning and he's got a couple of tips with Ballarat tonight. So uh, it will won't be me on the other side. It'll be Darren Carroll who caught up with Gareth Hall on Giddy Up this morning.